What you expect is what you get. What you expect is what you get. I'm not going to teach you any kind of name it, claim it, lay hands on it, blab it, grab it. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to teach nothing about Grand Theft Jesus here. I'm not going to teach you how to jack anything unlawfully or illegally. I'm not going to bring something other than what would partner with that the Holy Spirit gave me starting last week. Well, our life depends on what you believe. Please write that in your notes. It depends on what you believe. That's why every decision that you and I make, every decision that we make, or every day as we make decisions, day after day after day, on what you truly believe is best for yourself and your family. But despite my good intentions to make the best decisions, sometimes what you and I are believing isn't enough. Believing by itself isn't enough to get you healed. Believing by itself is not enough to restore your marriage. And believing by itself isn't enough to free you from your debt. Because you can believe in a lot of things and it doesn't do anything. And there's too many Christians in the body of Christ that just sit there and believe without any expectation. Mm. That's because believing is only the beginning of the process. I would say this message and this series started out with the process message. It started out with us stepping into a process. It started out with us stepping into not just events and our church is going into a process. It continued with transition. It's continued with Nick's message and Scotty's message. But tonight I want to present to you how we need to step into more than just believing, more than just the process of receiving what your faith has potential to produce. A lot of people just believe that they're going to receive. A lot of people just sit there with a lot of faith. To get what you really want in life, you and I have to do more than just believe. To get all out of life that your heart's desire, and how many of you want to get everything out of life? But in order to get what you really want in life, you have to do more. I have to do more than just believe. See, I believe this church should be tens of thousands of people, which means we reach souls. I believe in friendships and relationships, but we can't just stand around here going, you know, I don't have any friends or some people don't like me or some people do. You have to, we have to press into friendships. And then you can't get mad at me when I'm gone so much to try to make ends meet. Come on, somebody. In my family... We just got to wait for God's purpose, but we got to put some action to our lives. Someone say action. What you expect is what you get. If you have an expectation for a great marriage, it'll be what you get. To get what I really want in life and out of this life, because we only have one on the planet. This way. In this body. This way. But there's another one coming. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. Every, that's what the, whether, we be, whether you believe the Bible or not, there's another one coming. It's going to happen. But you and I have to expect. Someone say expect. expect. Touch your neighbor and say expect. expect. Expecting is what takes you and I 
and your faith across the finish line. Expecting is the only thing that'll take your faith and my faith across the finish line. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and God makes this very clear in Jeremiah 29, 11 in the KJV. We'll just use that version. We use all different kinds. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I'm expecting tonight because God gave me an expected future. This word end here, please write this in your notes. God promises to give us an expected end. And the end that we're expecting. But, but, but Scotty, I thought I was supposed to live by faith. This word end means future. This word end means future. Because just because it ends for us here on the planet doesn't mean there's not a hope. And God thinks great thoughts towards you. Come on, someone's being encouraged. There's nowhere in the Bible that says he's sitting up there with a long gray beard with a stick to conk you on the head the next time you and I sin or make a wrong choice. It's time for the church not to look down its nose at people and we think that maturity is who can point out sin the quickest. We don't need anyone to tell us when we walk into a church whether we're sinning or not. I need some help tonight. You're in the most least condemning church that I know of in this city right now. And there's probably other gracious churches too. But you might say, Scotty, I thought I was supposed to live by faith. What is all this expectancy stuff? What, what are you talking about tonight? And, and you are supposed to live by faith. Touch your neighbor and say, you are. The Bible says that the just, what does it say? The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17. Put that up there, John. Romans 1.17. It actually says, not only does it say that the just shall live by faith, it also says that it's impossible to, impossible to please God without faith. See? For therein is the, is, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Jump to Hebrews 11.6 in your Bible. Faith is fundamental. Look what Hebrews 11.6 says. The same thing as this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we must live by faith. And it's impossible to live for God without faith. And it's impossible to please God without faith. So you, so you might say, uh, well then, Pastor Scotty, what kind of riddles are you speaking tonight? Are you the riddle or what are you saying? Faith Faith is fundamental to life in Christ, but here it comes. Faith alone is not enough to get what you want. You can have faith that your blender will blend your meal and stand there and it won't blend it. You got to plug it in, put the blades in and push the honking button. Come on church, let's push the honking button. What kind of riddles are you talking, Pastor Scotty? What I'm talking is I'm endeavoring to help you receive a revelation tonight that will put your life on the right course and keep it on the right course. I want to be a person that's on the right course and staying on the right course. Anyone else in here? You and I can't just say, I believe, I receive. Too many Christians do that. Uh, not, and, and I believe and I receive, but I never do anything. 
You and I have to put action to our faith. We got to put some action with our faith. The Bible gives many principles that were to mix with faith. God says for you to have faith, but then he gives us all these other principles to mix in a wonderful chocolate cake mixing bowl to put all the ingredients together because eggs with vanilla doesn't taste good by itself. And, and the Bible gives us so much stuff to mix with it. So like, here's one. Uh, we are to tithe. So we mix that with faith. Because you can have faith to want to tithe, but we got to mix it. Um, how about this one? We're to sow. Well, we got to mix it with faith. Watch this one. We're to walk in obedience to what the Holy Spirit tells you and I to do. And we're to be full of expectancy for it. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, Covenant Generations Church, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end or future. I know the thoughts that I think about your marriage, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil. Too many people think God is this big old meanie. Mm. Put this one up, John. Proverbs twenty three eighteen, and it's our key verse for tonight. Proverbs 23, 18. Proverbs 23, 18 says, For surely there is an end. You read it? For surely there is an end. And your expectation shall not be cut off. I would throw that in the face of anybody that would say, There's not a heaven, there's not a God. There's not a supreme being, you know. He's just a, a, you know, a spirit somewhere. I'm telling you, God says that we have a future and a hope. And these verses aren't just for when we, these verses in the context aren't just for when we leave the planet. What good is, what good is your faith going to do in the kingdom of God? Who needs to be healed in the kingdom of God? I'm messing with everybody tonight. What good is, is the gifts that are for here on the planet going to do you in heaven? They're not. They're for now. Like mantles are for now. And faith is for now. The, for surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. The word end in this verse also not only means future, but the original meaning of this word is reward. Oh my gosh. The original meaning of this word is reward. So your future is a reward. Your now is a reward. The actual meaning of this word is reward. I need someone to shout reward right now. I need someone to get passionate and say reward. Reward. It's a reward. Mm. This word means reward, and if your expect, if my expectation isn't cut off, then we will receive that reward, which is the object of your faith. That reward is the object of your faith. It's something that gets. Everything gets mixed and we believe God and we have faith and it's impossible to please God without faith. And the Bible says, though, in that same passage in those next verses that faith without works 
Man, I'm, I'm excited. This is a statement God gave me in my journal. What I believe is not what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. <laughs> what I believe is not what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. People can say they believe in God, but their actions don't show it. People can say, listen, I believe I could do anything I put my mind to. Anything. But if I don't do it, ain't nothing going to happen. Come on, church. So, what I believe is not what I say that I believe. What I believe is what I do, and everything else is what I want to believe. What I, what I believe is not what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. I'm glad that the word end means reward. I'm glad that expectation has to be a part of our lives. Because what I expect is what I... What I expect is what I... What I expect is what I... Put up Philippians 1.20. Let's go a little bit deeper. The Apostle Paul knew this power of expectation. And in Philippians 1.20, on the Sky Bible, he wrote, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Come on, somebody. Talk about expectation. Oh, man, someone's getting it. Paul knew the potential to receive was hinged on earnest expectation. It all hinged with expectation. Mm. The outgrowth of my faith and your faith that is essential for our faith is what will produce the desired results. This expectation is the outgrowth of your faith that is essential for your faith to produce desired results. Does anyone have desired results? Oh, man. You want to go to college? You got to have a desired expectation. But your expectation, that earnest expectation is what will produce that outgrowth of your faith. Let me say this. That is essential for your faith to produce desired results. A lot of people have faith, but they don't ever see the results. Because they are not mixing it with action, with expectation. Let me define expectation to you. Wait. Stay. To look forward to. Hope. A high degree of certainty in your life. Anticipation. Anticipation. Like ketchup. Anticipation. It's making me wait. Watchfulness. To await some occurrence or outcome. I've mixed Greek, Hebrew, and Mr. Spirit-filled Webster together. Involves the idea of preparing. Please write. And envisioning. Anyone got some visions in here? Confidence. 
assurance in the possibility that what one desires or longs for will happen. Oh man, someone, someone shot their hands up right then. It gives no connotation in the words that it won't happen. Unfulfilled expectations will bring frustration. That's why when we talk to each other as leaders, we have to be clear with one another. Because if there's an expectation on each other, on someone, or this or that, and it doesn't happen, it will produce frustration. But we just need to keep expecting. The Bible's very clear that it will happen, but you have to put feet to your vision. Everything on the planet has happened. Can you imagine being Thomas Edison and trying to find the right little filament to make that thing happen? 700 tries. Lincoln, running for president, failed over and over and over, defeated in Senate, Congress, and the, president, the, the presidency. But he didn't quit because he had a vision and was called by God. And God put him in there to abolish slavery. Imagine what would have happened if he would have given up on the vision that he had. Imagine what would have happened if Martin Luther King would have given up on the vision that he had. And oh! You can't stop expecting the minute you give up on your dreams and hopes for that job and that increase for your family and the grit and the kids and the college and the, and the lands and the property and the church and, and, and friendships and relationships and marriage and, and, and all that stuff is when it ends. Only when you and I give up on it. I'm sweating really good up here. That's the only time it ends is when you and I give up on it with expectancy. Imagine building that boat. Noah was expectant a hundred and some odd years into it. Imagine David being anointed as king as a teenager and it didn't get fulfilled till many years in his life. Imagine Joseph's dream at 17, but he was 30 when he saw the dream come to pass. Imagine the waiting thing that Esther had to do before she was prepared to step out. Imagine Jacob loving Rachel with all of his heart, working seven years for her, and then he's got to work another seven. 14 years of expectation. What is the fruit of expectancy? Right, number one, the fruit of expect. Number one was what you expect is what you get. Number two is the fruit of expectancy. Let's put all this hard-hitting stuff of the past three weeks into perspective. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on a tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes, Jesus, we're healed. Now, to put it in a practical, hard-hitting life example, I have the faith for this to happen. You and I might believe that God made a provision for healing in the atonement of Jesus. Do you believe that? Yes. He does heal today. You believe it. I believe it. You know it. I know it. You see it in the word of God. Come on, somebody. I see it in the word. And you and I have faith that is a fact about it. But do you and I really expect it? 
to manifest in your personal life. And expectancy is the final indicator of whether or not you will walk in the promises of God. It's not your faith. It's not your belief in it. It's not even seeing it in the word. I'm trying to show you that there's an expectancy. Jesus was always talking in a way that got the disciples expectant. He was always telling parables or stories that would build their faith in anticipation that it was going to happen. Come on, somebody. Expectancy is that indicator of whether or not you and I will walk in the promises of God. I have an expectancy for my son and my daughter. I have an, ex I have an expectancy in this church and in you. I have faith. I have belief. I see it in the word. I pray it. But unless I walk in it and do it, come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Think of the Apostle Paul. How could he say, Philippians 4, 11, John, how could he say this? This blew my mind when God gave this to me. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I've learned that in whatever state or season or situation I'm in to be content. Why was he content? How could Paul say this? He could say this because he was fully expected that God's word would have its full work in his life. Every one of Paul's writings is all about expectation. I have an expectation. Do you have an expectation? I see about five hands up. Do you have an expectation? Someone's going to go out of here going, man, I'm going to expect more. I've had faith. I've been in churches. I've heard, but I'm going to expect more. I'm going to expect God to come through for the vision and dream for my life. But he's not just going to come through. He's going to come through because I start walking in it. I start doing something with it. Paul fully expected to finish his race. To run his race, to finish his course. Paul fully expected to fight a good fight of faith. And get to the finish line. Paul fully expected to finish his course, run his race, fight the good fight of faith to the finish line. Despite all the obstacles along the way. Despite how long that it would take to get there. He knew that he would get there. And the apostle Paul calls this very thing due season. The apostle Paul says that there's a due season for everything Due season is when manifestation finally arrives. And until then, if we're confident of our outcome, we will be content. If you're confident of the outcome of this whole deal, if you're confident of the outcome of your job and your education, you will be content. He calls it due season. Someone shout due season. That wasn't shouting. Due season. A baby comes out before it's due season, and it's premature. A lot of people like to jump out of their seasons before their seasons are through with them. Did you know you can't get promoted to the next level until you finish your season? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. So even though Paul was bitten by a snake, stoned, not high, Bitten by a snake, stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, arrested, in prison, persecuted, 
whipped to the point of death, left to die, and all of those things because he expected to win anyways. His expectation brought contentment in all circumstances. You know what drove me crazy about reading the Apostle Paul all the time, and it still does? Is this guy, wherever he was, was like, it's Jesus. Doesn't matter. I win. Paul was like, it doesn't matter. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. Paul was like, it doesn't matter. In prison, bound, they're worshiping like you were tonight. They are worshiping. The place shakes. The chains fall off. The guys come knowing if they're gone, I'm dead. And they're still sitting there going, what's up? They're still sitting there. Most of us would have said, I'm out of here. They're sitting there ministering. Expectation. Expectation. And as I said at the beginning of this message, your life and my life depends on what we believe. But the manifestation of what you believe depends on what you expect. Your life, my life, depends on what we believe. It doesn't it? We believe on Jesus. Our life depends on it. But the manifestation of what you believe depends on what you expect. When you and I expect the word of God to manifest in our life, in my life, in your life, touch your neighbor, say in your life. Touch your neighbor on the other side, say in your life. When I expect the word of God to manifest in my life, only then can you have complete faith and contentment. I have joy and peace. In fact, the Bible says that the joy is the end or the reward of your faith. 1 Peter 1, 7 through 10. 1 Peter 1, 7 through 10. Let's read it, John. In other words, if you are expecting the word to prevail in your life, to produce the desired fruit, joy will then be born in you. Look at this. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold than that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We're going to go through 10. Whom having not seen, you love him. In whom though now you see him not, you believe, yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. And full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith. Even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired. And searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. How many of you are glad for that right there? In other words. Yes, thank you Lord. In other words, if you're expecting the word to prevail in your life. To produce the desired fruit, joy is born within you. This is what James meant. Put up James 1, 2, John. James meant this when he wrote, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Go to the next verse after that one. I don't even have it in my notes, but look at verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. How do, how do we have joy when we're going through all kinds of temptation? Thank you, God, that's working something great in me. What kind of man or woman of God am I going to become? What is this situation going to make me? What is, this, what is this threat to my life going to make me? What kind of testimony am I going to have? Because we're testimonies, not testifonies. <laughs> my brothers, I count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptation. Because like Paul, James knew that if he didn't quit, 
he wins anyways. I have an expectancy. Even Satan knows how critical expecting is to your receiving. That's why he targets your expectancy. Unfulfilled expectation produces frustration. And the enemy tries to keep you from expecting is, is one of his primary ways that the enemy keeps you and keeps you defeated and keeps us feeling defeated in the will of God for our life. Come on, I'm preaching real good. It hinders the will of God in all the earth. He comes against, that's not going to happen. You've heard that. What are you doing? We ain't, you ain't nobody. I hear that. You ever think thoughts like that? Can I get some show? You ever been there? He did it to God's kids. You're grasshoppers. You're nothing. The walls are too fortified. There's giants in the land. You cannot take the land for your little like grasshoppers. God told him, you can do it. I prepared it for you. But here's the best spies of all 12 tribes come back. Oh, we're nothing. We can't scare to death. And Joshua and Caleb say, we're well able. Talk about expectancy, tore their clothes, their upper tunic down to their lower garment and said, we are able to take, mm. the enemy did it with Jesus. If you are the son of God, prove it. After he just heard, you are the son of God. This is my son in whom, I well, in whom I'm well pleased. When does the enemy stop coming after somebody? Never. Want to know Why? Because he knows if you and I ever get this thing, we're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. We're a threat to the purposes of the enemies of God. I don't know about you. I want to be a threat. Disappointment is a force of darkness used to keep the promises of God from you. Disappointment is not only a force of darkness used to keep the promises from you. It is the diminishing factor of your faith. Disappointment diminishes people, brings them down. It's all too common scenario when things don't work out like, like you've prayed, I've prayed, like you've asked and like you've chosen to believe and like I've chosen to believe and, and, and then you get disappointed. It's a natural response. Oh, I'm preaching real good. And therein lies the greatest danger. Therein lies the most powerful strategy of the enemy. It's the, it's the greatest lie and the greatest danger uh, to anyone is repeated disappointment. Eventually produces negative expectation. And if you let it, which means you, you'll begin to expect the exact opposite of the promises of God. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And all of a sudden, uh, if we let it, it means we begin to expect the exact opposite of the promises of, of God that you say that we want. But I have to move from just faith to believe to expecting it in my life. Yes, you and I have to believe before expectation can come out. But without expectation, you and I will never experience manifestation. Oh,